Welcome to today's episode of Fire in the Belly. This is where we get to hear some pretty inspiring stories from some amazing people. You know, it's always an absolute pleasure to sit down, take time out and have a warts and all conversation about their journey. I'm always intrigued by what it's taken for people to get to where they are today. And hopefully in this interview, we get to hear some more about that. From this, my mission is to help people to find their own fire in their belly. And from that, to live the mightiest version of you. So without further ado, sit back, relax, and enjoy today's guest. Success is a process, not an event. Good morning, welcome to Fire in the Belly. Uh, today we have Seamus Fox here with us, and um, yeah, welcome. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> nice to have you in, and uh, we are currently in a hotel in, in Derry, yeah. London Derry, whichever. I made it to the right hotel. <laughs> so, that's what it's all about. So Seamus, who are you, where are you, where do you come from? Give us a bit of background. Um, where do I come from? I'm from Gellia, here in the town in Derry, which okay. is just kind of on the outskirts of the city itself. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a business consultant. I started out as, as a personal trainer, as a coach, as a gym owner, and then moved on to actually coaching other gym owners, other personal trainers in their own businesses. Okay. Yeah. And how long have you been in the, so the fitness industry? I've been in the fitness industry now for 15 years. What? So from around 2005, 2006, I became a qualified personal trainer. And from there on, my career just kind of took off. Um, well, in, a, in a pretty positive way, to be fair, and it kind of grew and grew from there. Um, created my own business, opened up my own gyms, um, and just kind of kept growing. Well, Got to the point where um, business was doing really fantastic, gyms were going really, really well, and then I wanted to do something different, which is coach other people in the same industry to create the same business for themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, so obviously here today talking about Fire in the Valley. Mm-hmm. Is that something you'd heard of before? Fire in the Valley? Mm. uh, Yeah, I've heard of it, um, for sure. Fire in the belly, like, again, it means something completely different to other people. So people are going to have their own perception of it. Um, For me, uh, fire in the belly is a motivation, like a why. Like, what is your why? Mm -hmm. Like, that's something that I kind of tune into a lot, especially if I'm going through times where it's not really going to plan or Mm -hmm. things aren't going how I want them to go. Business has been tough, and that's been, like things like that have happened a lot. Obviously, you know yourself, being in business, nothing just goes plain sailing. But going back to that fire in the belly or going back to what your why is is a really good point to get yourself back on track and realize exactly what it is you're, you're doing and why you're actually doing it. So your why, is that a, oh, probably get, well, we'll get more into it, but I mean, is that, do you see that as a universal thing or a spiritual thing or is it a, um, do you know or? I don't know if it's, a, I think, Initially, for me, it was something completely different. Mm. For me, it was to get myself out of like a kind of shitty situation. It was like for me to try and grow as a person. Um, my like why was like before I was a personal trainer, um, before I got into business, before I had like what people would deem success. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like that. So my why and my desire and my fire in the belly came from not having those things. That came sure. from like being unemployed. Um, like living on the dole, not having any work, came from like leaving school with no qualifications, um, getting into bother, getting into trouble, getting into like stupid stuff that you do when you're younger, sure. which wasn't leading me on the right path. Mm. Um, and it got to a certain point where it kind of got to a level where I just wasn't willing to keep living that way. And I had a change. When was that change? 
That change was probably around 2003. Mm. Um, okay. I think it was around 21, 22. Kind of been in and out of different jobs, um, <laughs> if you call them jobs, <laughs> trying to make a point, basically. Mm. Um, what I used to do was sell cigarettes and tobacco and like fake CDs in markets all over Northern Ireland. Mm. Um, and at that time, I had, I had got arrested in a market in Oma uh, around, Christ around Christmas time. So you were 21? I was about 21, 22, yeah. Christmas Eve, actually, I got arrested. And they tried to tell me that they were going to keep me in overnight and what do you want for your Christmas dinner? <laughs> <laughs> I knew that they couldn't do that, like, so I kind of played along with it. Like. Mm. But um, the next year, I was brought up and I was like up and down the court for a full year. Uh, every Monday, me and my wife now, who was my partner then, Emma, were traveling up and down the Oma every single Monday for like a full year. Um, Sony and PlayStation were like suing me for forty-five thousand pounds worth of damages and stuff, but it w I was working for somebody else. I was getting paid a job, mm. um, and that whole carry on for a full year got to a point where I was like, "What am I doing? Like, I'm twenty-two. Is this where I'm going to be? Or like, what can I change? Can I implement? Yep. I don't want to have this obviously as a career. I don't see this as a career path. Um, what can I change? I need to change." It didn't really change overnight. I got into something then that was even worse and probably one of my most embarrassing times that, that has ever, ever happened. Um, drove a wall straight into, or drove a car straight into a wall, absolutely drunk. Don't remember even getting into the car. It was a Saturday morning. There was kids around. There was somebody else in the car. And like for me, it was just a complete blanket. Don't remember actually doing it. I was partying for a few days. Yeah. And that experience was something that made me change. It was like, right, I got arrested, um, I had taken the cell, I was lost my license, I was up and down the court. And that year, things just like got to that point where, right, this, this isn't what I'm meant to be doing. Mm. Um, what do I need to do to change? So I've heard that quote, Jim Rowan says, look, change happens through inspiration or desperation. And for me, it was that point where like, right, I need to change this. So for me, that's what fire in the belly is. I think that's what you're, mm. like, you can check back in on your why, which mm. is, well, right, I can't continue on this way. I need to change my situation. Yeah. I need to change the path that I'm going. And that's what I did. Wow. So take me right back. So you born and reared where? Born in Gaelia, Um to, um, born in Gaelia. I've got, there's seven in my house, five fellas, two girls, two sisters. Wow. Yeah, I'm the youngest of seven. Wow. I was always called the spoiled one. <laughs> youngest by a long way or you, didn't like that tag to be fair <laughs> um youngest by eight years yeah well, yeah well okay so what um so going up was everyone everyone all living together was it all yeah for a long while everyone was kind of all living together well my older sister she moved out um got married pretty young um and then kind of the older guys, the older mm. fellas, like my older brothers had all kind of moved out. Got to the stage where it was me and my youngest, well, my brother next to me, mm. kind of lived in the house in for and he moved out when he was around 17, 18. Mm -hmm. um, and then I moved out when I was about 17, mm -hmm. 18. So meeting a sort of a young version of you, sort of seven-year-old you, what would we have seen? Um, seven-year-old me, football in the brain. Like sport, love football, love playing football, love just being active, and I've always loved that. Mm. I've always like been really sport oriented, and that looking back, that was kind of that that actually helped me change things around. Mm. At that time, that I just like, told you about when mm. like crashed the car, etc. 
it was getting back into sport that helped me change that. Mm. Um, I threw myself in the training, threw myself into bodybuilding, and that was the path that kind of led me into personal training and creating a career from that. Like so, I've always been involved in sport. Seven years of age would have been just football, football, football. That was it. Were you playing locally, or was it just played locally? Played with a team called the Boscos. Okay. Played with them for uh, about ten years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just crazy football. Was football in the family, or is it just something you? Not even. No. no. No, none of my, well, my older brother, or John, would have played a bit of football. Mm. Um, other than that, no, nah, not really. But my, my father would have boxed. He boxed for years, so tried my hand at boxing as well, too. <laughs> Didn't get on too good at that, to be fair, so went back to football. <laughs> <laughs> it hurt too much, or was it? <laughs> uh, it's just football was always the first, the first yeah. love, you know what I mean? So Monday would have been... Um, boxing, Tuesday would have been football, Wednesday boxing, Thursday football, Friday boxing, Saturday football. Wow. Just when you're young, you've loads of energy and you just keep going. You pretty much love and fresh air. That's what I did. What was it about football that really triggered you, do you know? Um, I don't know. I just really loved it. I mm. just think growing up in Gallia, where, where I was from, it's just what everybody did. Mm. Just played football. It was just the done thing. Mm. Um, I just fell in love with it. Yes. So school-wise, how was that? School was a disaster. <laughs> <laughs> just wasn't fond of school at all. I just didn't get it. I mm. just, I was not that I wasn't really interested in all of it, let's say, mm. but I just never felt inspired. There was okay. nothing in school that actually really inspired me. Um, so I never took it too serious. Um, I just didn't. I just didn't feel inspired at all by school. <clears throat> Nothing really motivated me. I don't think I've ever woke up like one day and said, "I can't wait to go to school." Mm. <laughs> it just never happened. Um, so I just didn't take it too serious, yeah. and I left as fast as I could. So when did you leave? I left at uh, fifth year. Okay. Yeah. So I was sixteen. Sixteen. Yeah. 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 No. Um. Just I didn't even set qualifications. I didn't even like, set the GCSEs. I was actually in the Grand Canary with my sister at the time <laughs> over on babysitting duties so I took that job straight away and then when I got back I kind of left for years after now don't get me wrong I kind of regretted it mm-hmm. because in my mind I thought that doing the jobs that I was doing trying to make a living trying to mm-hmm. do x y and z me not getting the school and me not getting the qualifications led me towards that um, and mm-hmm. that's what I thought but it, it wasn't it didn't work out to be that way obviously but that was my way of thinking at that time do you know what you were thinking? Do you know what? Like, see, even leaving school, and I'm sure every 15, 16-year-old will probably say the same thing. They have a fair idea what they're going to do. Mm. Uh, I know what I'm going to do, and I know where I'm going to go. Um, what and did you want to do at that like, time? For me, at that time, I don't know. I left school and went uh, as an apprentice joiner. Right. <laughs> and then I worked as a roofer. Um, and then I just was a laborer. Um, Delivering the roofers, then was delivering the brickies. I'd done everything and anything. Tax dispatching. It had no real career path. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of like looking back with hindsight, obviously, just if you would look at it now, you would say, well, you were probably just pretty lost. You didn't mm-hmm. really know where you were going. But I think where I was at that time, looking back, 15, 16 years of age, just looking to get out of school as quick as I could and thinking that everything would work out. Sure. So. I was actually chatting to my business partner last week, um, Noel, and I said that I've kind of had an intuition or a feeling from when I was younger that I've always known that something's going to work out or that 
I'll get to where it is that I want to be or get to where it is that I need to be. Mm-hmm. Always kind of had that. That's interesting. Which is strange. It doesn't go that way for for a lot of years, to be fair. Mm. So, yeah, to pick up on that sort of intuition. We'll, we'll come mm. back to that. So, yeah. So, 15 year olds out of school, Grand Canaria. What are we doing? Chilling out, enjoying the sun. Mm. Yeah, relaxing. And were you close to your siblings? Yeah, yeah, we are. Yeah, pretty close. Yeah. yeah. So, okay, at that point, so you're enjoying that, and then what? Then come home, leave school. I was doing an, uh, I was actually doing a, like an apprenticeship um, with Coleraine Football Club. Yeah. So we were on like a YTP scheme. Okay. Um, we were given like trials basically to go up. Um, and then I was kind of playing football with those. Uh, we call rain on a, a Tuesday night and a Thursday night up until I was about 17. And then the usual happens, you meet a girl and the rest goes out the window. <laughs> <laughs> Priorities change. Yeah, definitely. Looking back, probably regret it mm-hmm. um, because I just loved football and I kind of stopped playing football then, mm. to be fair. What age were you then? 17, 18, yeah. yeah. And so at that point you were labouring? Yeah, labouring then, um, working on uh, building sites with rivers, yeah. You must have been, so you were working all day, football or girlfriend at night? Yeah. So fairly active? Always active, mm. yeah. Any job that I have had has has been active it's always kind of been like well at the start always in sites and stuff mm. you know mm. always pretty active i had one stunt at a factory in the last three weeks <laughs> i was like no nah, i can't i can't work on here I can't work in this environment yeah just felt closed down i was like no nah, i need to get out so there was no there was nothing there that was creative even though like when i was working the roofs yeah. As a riffer, like slitting and tiling, I seen it as like nearly as creative. You know, I seen that it was something that could be improved on, sure. that I could improve my skill in that area. Like, so I kind of enjoy that. That's quite developed thinking for someone of that age. If that makes sense. Yeah. You know, to be almost trying to reinvent it or to see it as a creation as opposed to. A I think that I think when you see that you can make improvements in no matter what you're doing, mm-hmm. it, it's good. Like, and I just even even in that, like when I was liberating or things like that, it was just monotonous. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was just like I'm not doing anything different and that's why like when I worked in a factory it was a meat packing factory I stood at the end of a belt and packed meat and threw it into a, a bucket basically <clears throat> and I was like nah this is a robot's job I just can't do this because there was nothing there that enabled you to learn more or mm-hmm. enabled you to grow or whatever so even like when I worked on the sites and stuff like doing roofing or slitting and tiling I seen it as kind of something that you get advance in or like you can improve your skill in yeah so what, where, where does that come from? I mean, you, you sort of, you're showing intuition, you're showing drive. I mean, you're not sitting around doing nothing. You yeah. are going from job to job. I mean, where's that coming from? Um, I'm not too sure, to be honest. I think I've always had a drive to, to improve myself. I think mm-hmm. I've always had a drive to do more, to have more from life, like to be able to experience life in a better way. Mm. Um, I've never been one to just kind of settle or get to a certain point and feel that, right, this is it. Mm. Uh, it's fantastic. I'm always looking to grow. I'm, and like even still in the businesses that I've got now and what I'm involved in now, I'm still always looking to grow. I'm still always looking to learn. Do you think that's I, nature or nurture? Or do I don't know. know. You don't know? I don't, yeah. I don't. I can't put my finger on it exactly. Yeah. I think maybe coming from a situation that wanted me to grow, they have something completely different. Mm. Maybe, maybe that's it, but I can't put my finger exactly on it but I've always had something within that has always wanted me to grow to do more 
um, maybe it's initiation, maybe it's a nudge from something or someone or, mm. or whatever it may be, but I seem to be getting pointed in certain directions. How would you describe it? Your, your sort of earlier years, how would you describe it? I mean, if just in a couple of words. Uh, as a kid? Yeah. Good? Yeah. Yeah. And your earliest memory? Earliest memory? My earliest memory actually is falling down the stairs. Well, what age? Well, I think it was about two or three. Um, and I didn't actually know this until, like, I think I was a teenager. And mm. I said to my sister, I said, I have this thing where, like, I remember falling down the stairs or something. Like, did I ever fall down the stairs? And she says, I, we were in her friend's house and you were about two or three and you were standing at the top of the stairs. And she said, we were at the bottom of the stairs and then she went to run up, but I had, like, tumbled. She says, there was not a... A scratch on you there was nothing mm. wrong like i said but that's strange because i still had that no. i'd say that's probably my earliest memory which is falling down the stairs <laughs> probably <laughs> not the best one but that's it well so coming back anyway sorry so you're um you know you're very much going through you know the, the tile and the laboring jobs the, the the creative side so where where are we going then um throughout those <clears throat> jobs mm. oh nowhere really mm. that was kind of where i got to at that point um just feeling unsatisfied just not going in any real clear direction, mm -hmm. which looking back, um, I was kind of doing like getting into problems, getting into like partying and drinking and crashing cars and didn't think that that was a way that was actually going to help me create a career, sure. but still seemed to do it, mm. still seemed to fall into those stupid traps, um, sabotage, whatever it may be. It was like, like where am I going and what has to happen? Yeah. for this to actually change and it was kind of at that point where I crashed that car that morning I was like nah, what am I doing this isn't this isn't me what age were you then about 23 22 23 yeah and so you're saying is that you, you don't remember the actual incident don't remember even getting in the car no nah, I'd been partying for like two days mm -hmm. I had a flat in Gelia and we had been partying for like two days drinking and don't remember getting in the car at all Drugs as well, or just drink? Yeah, drugs too, yeah. And so, okay, what happened after that? I got arrested. Well, mm -hmm. I got out of the car and somebody uh, smashed me in the face, called me a joyrider, everything, which is understandable. Like, mm -hmm. there was kids around, there was people around, there was, um, there was a lot of things that could have gone horribly wrong at that time, well. in that situation, which I'm still thankful for today. Like, Mm. And it didn't happen. So when I got out of the car, he hit me a smack. Police came, arrested me, took me to a cell, um, and then just basically threw me in to go to sleep because I was that drunk. And then when I got up, they took me bloods, um, and then they released me. And then I was taken back in again then, or brought the court down for it. I got banned for like 18 months. Mm. Do you know what was going through your head at that time? Um, at that time, after that, just guilt. Mm. It was like, Guilt and a sense of relief mm. that nothing horribly wrong happened. Mm. Like, know that I basically got out of it unscathed and that there was nobody hurt. Mm. Because that could have been a completely different situation. Like, True. Which could have led me down a completely different path completely. So it was guilt, but also thankfulness and gratitude mm. that nothing bad, like, really, really happened. Like. Mm. What happens then? So you've gone through the court process? Going through the court process, um, at that time, like uh, as I said, I lost my license, um, and then I was up and down the court for a year in Oma. Mm -hmm. 
actually it was up in the court for a year in Oma and then that accident happened kind of near the end of that right. um which was like right hold on like something has to change here like what am i doing so it took a while it didn't just happen overnight it took a while it was like after that accident um and partying and drinking and the hangover and the thoughts that you get from that type of like mm. situation for a few weeks it was just trying to get out of myself mm. um look for a job again trying to get like some type of income and um back on the door mm. so it was like right what can i do so i just kind of trained um went back to the gym and just kind of put my head down and trained just started lifting weights and just started getting really involved in my training again stopped drinking um stopped going out and just kind of like plied myself into that so you were 24 25 23 24 that time yeah mm -hmm. um so just kind of got stuck in the training, got stuck back in the gym, and what what triggered that? Do you know, or is it is that a default position? Or I don't know. No, as I said, I've always been involved in sport. I've always been involved in training, and it's like, right, well, I'll go back and train. Um, did that for about a good six months. Started to see some improvements in terms of my physique and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and then the guy that owned the gym like complimented me on it and said, look, if you did really, if you put your head down, you could do really, really well. You no, know, you've got a good physique. If you added a wee bit of muscle there, etc." And it was kind of like a wee trigger. It was kind of like a, a different mm -hmm. goal. It was like an, a, a different motivation completely. Well, so it was like, right, well, you know what? I think I might do that. Um, so put my head down into the gym, put my head down into training for a good year and seen like really, really good changes. Mm. Um, and then we actually went to the Northern Ireland, um, NABA Northern Ireland, which is a bodybuilding competition in Belfast. Mm -hmm. At that time, it was in Park Avenue Hotel. Um, 2004, went up and watched that along with Big Dave, who owns Pro Gym, mm -hmm. Big Dave Fox. Um, I said to Dave, I set a goal, I'm going to be on that stage next year. And he said, mm -hmm. you should put the head down, do it. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of what I did. Put the head down in the training and just kind of dedicated myself to that for like a full year. Wow. Yeah. Um, seen the positive changes from that then. Um, actually won that show the following year. Did you? Yeah. Um, 2005 won the Navanor Nine first timers. Um, there was 15 people in the category. So I got a massive lift from that, which was, mm. was brilliant. And that kind of led me into personal training. Wow. Right. Yeah. So, so you continue to do a lot of gym work at this point? Doing a lot of gym work. Um, I was actually dispatching at the time as a taxi dispatcher. The, just earn some income along with taxi training. Dispatching. Yeah. So if you phone for a taxi, hello. Oh, taxi. Oh, I text. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So as a taxi dispatcher at that time, um, just again, trying to earn money, trying mm -hmm. to get an income. Sure. Um, and then just training. Everything was geared towards training. Everything was geared towards the gym. Um, that's what kind of took over everything for me at that time. Um, that led on to Dave offered me a position in the gym, in pro gym, mm -hmm. working in there, just kind of behind the reception and stuff. And I was like, yes, I've made it. This is brilliant. Mm -hmm. Doing something that I actually really, really loved, um, that really, really inspired me and like got to see people coming in the gym and got to help them out, etc. cetera. Um, got to give them some tips around training and nutrition. And like then had the thought of, right, I could actually kind of do this. Mm. I could be a personal trainer. Mm -hmm. So um, yeah, it was brilliant. It was a good time. Well, so you're up to 24, 25? About 24, 25 then, yeah. yeah. Mm. What next? Next then was, um, I need to become qualified mm. as a PT. Uh, it didn't work out that way. I ended up back out in the sites again. Mm. Um, Dave couldn't keep me on, couldn't afford it. So 
I hadn't got a job, so I'm back out in the sights again mm-hmm. for about a year. And then it asked me back again about a year later, and I said, right, well, what I'm going to do this time is I'm going to get my qualification mm-hmm. as a PT um, because I'm not going back out in the sights again. I'm not letting that happen. So I did, went and got the qualification, got a job in fitness first as a personal trainer, mm-hmm. um, became self-employed for the first time, and then it just kind of took off from there. I kind of got to that point where I was like, right, this is, this is unreal. I was getting paid £3 an hour. And now I'm getting paid £25 an hour. So I was like, I'm not letting this go. Mm-hmm. No chance. So I was like, right, I'll put the head down and do whatever I need to do to build this as an actual business. Mm. Yeah. So you're into the PT and self-employed. What happens then? Um, all going good. Mm-hmm. Working away, building a business, building a profile, building a good name for myself um, around the local area, getting people a lot of results, mm-hmm. coaching, um, enjoying the full process. Loving mm-hmm. it. Yeah. You say coaching is all in terms of physical coaching? Yeah. 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 So more like just personal training. Yeah. 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 Nothing in terms of like uh, mindset or nothing like that at that stage. No. Yeah. It's just personal training, coaching people. Well, I suppose when you look back on it, you are coaching people in that way as well. Sure. Just not really probably full aware or fully aware of it. No, you're sort of, yeah, it's on a very higher mm-hmm. level. Yeah. At that point. Yeah. 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 Okay. So then, then what? Then um, from there, kind of the business just kept growing. Fitness First actually closed down, um, so we had a I had to relocate. I had a couple of clients, luckily enough, that um, were involved in the city hotel. Mm-hmm. So there was a gym in the city hotel. I moved there until um, things changed. Energy at that time took over Fitness First, <coughs> the franchise. Mm-hmm. Moved back to Energy, <coughs> started working there as a PT. Was really busy at that time. Started working with um, athletes and local GAA teams and, and things like that. Yeah, all good. Business mm. just kept growing from that mm. stage. Just kind of branched out on my own. So what? So then, what what happened after that? Then, so you've gym, you've the PT, or you've, you've the PT, and you're, you're growing and growing and growing. Yeah, and you're back out with the energy. Back out with energy. Um, at that time, I started getting involved in MMA. Um, just going down and training. It was kind of new at that time. It was probably mm-hmm. about, about eight years ago now, nine MMA, years ago. Sorry. MMA, yeah, mixed it's, martial arts. Mixed martial arts, yeah. Sorry, yeah. yeah. So I started getting involved in that. Um, my nephew was actually at a club locally called Evolve. Okay. Um, and he'd said to me about coming down. Me and him used to box together and mm-hmm. um, club years ago. And he said, come down. So started getting involved in MMA. Loved the training aspect, loved that side of things. Competed, had a couple of fights and stuff with them as well too. Um, but when I was there, I was kept chatting to the guys that owned it, and I was saying saying that I could do a wee bit of strength and conditioning work with some of the athletes. Mm-hmm. So it kind of led on to working on there and mm-hmm. coaching fighters and coaching athletes and working with those, um, which then led on to me working there. Then so moving from energy to evolve, and then kind of building my own business within that business mm-hmm. again which led towards book camps and led towards the growth of the business overall then. Yeah. Well, at what point was what well, was your business actually formed then? 2013 is mm-hmm. when it was actually formed. I was I was um I was working with Derry City FC at that time. Mm-hmm. I worked with them for a year. Mm-hmm. Um so I was employed by them and and at that time I was still building like my personal training profile, still building that business. Yeah. And then at the end of that season, um we were let go, the manager was let go and the staff were let go, etc. Um, 
but a chance came up then for me to open up my first unit mm-hmm. and I did that so I just kind of jumped at it and it grew massively from there then. It's 2013, you've got your first unit. Yeah. You still PT and Still PT and created a, a boot camp. Um, mm-hmm. That's kind of started with like 10 people on a beach. Um, within four or five months it had grown. There was like 70, 80 people turning up and then mm-hmm. 100 people opened up the first unit in 2013. And within 10 months we'd kind of, we'd outgrown that. So we moved to a new premises, which was like double the size. You say we, who's the, who's the we? Well, me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I always say we, yeah. because at that time I had trainers that were working for me as well too. Right. So kind of always been the guy, that's, it's always a we, it's never an I. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so we moved to a new premises, created a, a an even bigger place, um, brought on more personal trainers and just helped the business grow. What was your ethos at that time? I mean, what was your, yeah, what was what was the point of the gym, if that makes sense? The point of the gym, the point of the gym was um, to create a business, mm. to create something that was giving me a life that I enjoyed, a life that I wanted, mm. um, income, stability, security, mm-hmm. uh, impact, all of that. Like, I think it's I think it's across the board for most people that are involved in business. Mm. They're getting on that they have impact for sure, but they're getting on that they have impact within their own lives as well too. Well, I'm trying to work out the math here. So you are, this is really 2013, so you're now 10 years on since the, yeah. since you're, since the car accident? 2013, oh no, yeah. Uh, from, yeah, from then. To the date. Yeah, to, yeah. to 2013. Yeah. You've done a lot of... A lot of change. A lot of change, yeah. yeah. So really, so from that, and what were you trading, at, trading as at that point? Fighting Fit. Fighting Fit Boot Camp. Okay. Um, it kind of expanded that, went to... At that time, it just kind of... I was getting people contacting me from everywhere about opening up uh, Fighting Fit Boot Camp here and opening up there, and we kind of expanded. Mm-hmm. So we had like satellite locations in Donegal and Dungiven and... It just kind of grew. It was just really, really growing, sure. like rapidly. And like looking back, I didn't have proper structure in place in terms of the actual business, and mm. I just kind of went with the flow. It was like, right, everybody's looking to do this, and I'll just go and give it a go. And mm. it just grew and grew and grew, which we had then at one time. I think we had like four or five locations. Wow. Yeah. Was it lucrative? It was. Yeah. 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 So you're growing and growing and growing. What's what's happening then? I'm um, growing, 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 getting busier, 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 getting burnt out, burnt out, burnt out. Were you married at this point? Or you nah, no, we weren't married, no. Yeah. no. We got married seven years ago. Right, okay. Yeah, okay. yeah so business was growing, it was doing really, really well. Um, and then just getting to that stage where I was, I was burning out. Mm. I was like, I was kind of running here, running there, and not being as business savvy as I would be now. I didn't really have a lot of structure in place. I kind of sure. went with how things were going, or just kind of going with the flow, which was growth at that time. How was the mindset at that time, do you remember? Good. Yeah. 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 So obviously you were feeding that, feeding the inner beast and you were getting a lot of exercise yeah. in, but... Yeah, mindset was good at that time. Um, I remember I picked up, like I'm sure we've all done that, we picked up a book, The Secret, mm. and that was my kind of first introduction, they, like looking at things positively. When was that? That was when I was a personal trainer in fitness first, wow. which is like, I relate back to that. Mm-hmm. Like the changes that happened, I can relate a lot of it back to that book wow. because I started to become aware of my thoughts first, yeah. started to become aware of my energy, started to become aware of my environment. Like who was I surrounding myself with mm-hmm. and were they moving me in the direction that I wanted to go or were they keeping me stuck? So I started to become really aware of a lot of things at that time that mm-hmm. I'd never, ever heard of or like learned before. 
So like reading that book was and looking at those CDs at that time was a massive change for me looking back. But it didn't happen straight away. It was probably a good 12, 18 months, maybe even a couple of years mm-hmm. before I kind of really seen things snowballing and, and taking off. Yeah. Was, I suppose at that point, was that reading the secret and all that, you know, you said it took time to process that? Took time to process. No, I, I think I processed it pretty quickly, mm-hmm. but it took time for me to see the results from it, mm-hmm. which looking back, I wasn't really trying to get this massive result from it because I hadn't got this big, massive goal. Yeah. Um, I just wanted to change how I was thinking and how I was feeling and like just really curious about you know, the material itself. Yeah. Um, but looking back, looking back now, I can see that it took about a time. It took about 18 months or two years for things to really kind of change, for yeah. me to actually see the benefits from it. I didn't relate it back to the book at that time, but now looking back, I do. Mm-hmm because it was a massive change in my psychology, I suppose, mm-hmm. and even like my physiology in terms of how I was performing and um, how I was thinking. So what happened then? What happened then was um, business was going good. Um, then just again, as I said, not having the right structure in place, just burning out, man, like at that mm-hmm. time. It's just like, right, I can't kind of do this. Can't be running here. I can't be running there. Um, so start, decided they closed down a couple of satellite places and structure and just concentrated on the one area, Jesus. which was dairy. What, what, uh, when was this, 20? This was probably about three years ago, four years okay. ago now, yeah. It's 2015-ish? Yeah, yeah, around that. Concentrating on the one area then, just stayed in, in dairy. And the last wee place that I had was in Dungiven, and I went to Australia on a trip, a family trip, came back, said, no, nah, I'm just closing it. Just didn't make sense. So concentrated in dairy. And went from there. What was the sort of the ethos of the gym? I mean, was it you know if someone came into it, what was it? You know, was it about fitness? Was it about strength or? It changed. Okay. It, it changed. Like I kind of had an ethos at the time, and I had the slogan on the wall, which is "Go hard or go home." <laughs> okay. <laughs> it was like that was the, the me- yeah that was the method, and that was my type of thinking. Was that a reflection was, of you? I think at the time it was, mm. yeah, um, which was like, you're not here to get a result, you're not here to train, you're not on here to faff around, like, um, and that, the training kind of represented that. It was pretty rigorous and it was pretty, like, intense. Mm. Looking back, business-wise, it probably wasn't great because you were scaring a lot of people off, but at that time, that's what my avatar was, basically, yeah. and that's what people bought into. Sure. Um, but as the business evolved, as I evolved and grew and learned more, I changed that. So 2015, you've, you're focusing back down to dairy there. What, yeah, so what, what's happening at that point then? You're- at that point then, um, like the gym was doing fantastic. Uh, we had personal trainers in there who were working within our brand, renting mm-hmm. space, etc. Bootcamp doing really, really well. Um, what but brand it, were you under at that point? Fighting Fit still. Still Fighting Fit, yeah. yeah, yeah. But at that time, I suppose, just again, kind of not feeling content, mm-hmm. like looking for something more, looking to grow again, created a franchise model, try to expand that. Didn't really, well, it kind of did. It kind of took off. I had a couple of guys underneath uh, the franchise model and then it kind of went sour and okay. collapsed, basically. Do you know why? Um, at the time, uh, I thought that it was their fault. Mm-hmm. I thought it was their fault and this and that and the other. And looking back, it wasn't. It was mine. Mm-hmm. 
took me a long time to process that and sure. actually come to that realization, which was I didn't implement the things that I should have implemented at the start. Right. They didn't fully believe and trust in the process, um, and rightly so. Kind of wanted out, didn't sign the contracts, etc. But it was hard for me to process at that time. Like. Sure. That's very forward thinking, though, <clears throat> to, to go into a franchise model. I mean, where's that inspiration coming from, or do you know? It came from actually chatting to a friend of mine. He mm. said, like, you know, because the brand was, like, locally, it was very, very strong, do you know mm. what I mean? Um, and he said, like, why don't you create a franchise instead of, like, you, you did this before where you had satellite places and different gyms here and there and everywhere, and they did pretty well. Yeah. But you burned out because you didn't have the right structure in place. Mm. Would you not try it again, but create a franchise? So basically you can still expand the name, but it's people that are working within that business. So um, I said, you know what, it actually sounds pretty good. Like. Mm. And then kind of worked on the back end of it for about a year with a business manager, putting things together and getting structured together and seeing how we could do it. Yeah. Again, still probably pretty naive, but positive. Mm -hmm. Always kind of looking and going, oh, this is going to work. And it did. Like the guys that got the the gyms are still operating and pretty successful. Mm -hmm. Those gyms went straight into profit, like within the first couple of months. Wow. So they were doing really, really well. Mm. Um, but I just, I don't know, just didn't have the right structure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they'll come back. Yeah. Fighting fit. So what's happening then? Fighting fit at that time, uh, so like the big dream, the franchise thing just kind of collapsed and it was like, right, I'd lost my dad at that time as well too, so okay. it was kind of hard pull to swallow, so I just kind of went back into myself and tried to process it all and... Like, 20, what, 2016, okay. yeah, um, so it was just getting back into the actual gym again and coaching and personal mm -hmm. training again and kind of seeing where I can go from there. Changed the model around the end of the business because things started to kind of crumble. Mm. Um, there was loads of competition opened up basically and loads of different people were doing the same thing. Um, charging a wee bit cheaper and stuff like that. And I was like, well, I'm not willing to go there. Uh, you know, it's not what I do like. So mm. I wanted to change it. Um, went to a guy that I know in London and he said, this model's working pretty well. <laughs> this is fantastic. <clears throat> um, it's pretty lucrative for and it was pretty lucrative for a lot of different dollar gyms. Mm -hmm. So came back and just changed the whole model around, changed it, rebranded, new logo, and just changed the business. 2016? 2017. 2017. Yeah. So, so about, two, uh, about two or three years ago now, yeah. So yeah. what's your brand now? Uh, just FF Fitness. Mm -hmm. So it was Fighting Fit, and I thought I'll just keep the FF on there somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> so we called it FF Fitness. Yeah. yeah. So, okay, so what's happening then? Um, changing the model and working pretty hard mm -hmm. at that time to get the new model underway and rebranding, which was so many people had known us for doing boot camps and classes. And mm -hmm. so now we kind of were making that change. I had to put a lot of hours in. Um, I'd let go a lot of personal trainers. So now I had let go of like guaranteed rent every single month. I had to make that up. Um, so I had to like really go back to basics and, and put the hours on <clears throat> to get the new model underway, um, which it did, and then brought on trainers and trained them up so that I could kind of start to remove myself from the business, like what remove was, myself was, from the coaching role. What was different from that model? It wasn't um, like a large group environment, so it was personal training, okay. small group personal training basically, yeah. um, which was a lot of coaching. Yeah. 
um, a lot more kind of specialized, a lot more structured, um, and it was more expensive for a start mm -hmm. for people. So mm -hmm. for me, it was like, well, it has to be completely different. Because mm -hmm. at that time, like when people were coming to boot camps, etc., they weren't always getting results. They weren't always getting results because they weren't getting the attention that they needed. They weren't getting the accountability. The model was good if you wanted to come and get a sweat. But ultimately, people go to a gym for a result, and that's mm -hmm. what they're there for. So that model, I felt, was kind of letting people down because mm -hmm. they weren't getting the attention that they needed. Yeah. So we changed it all around um, and went with a more structured kind of small group model, working with people in groups of four or six mm. uh, and going from there. Did the change of tack? Were you close to your father, if you don't mind me asking? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And was it sudden or was it a... No, he had Parkinson's. Okay. Yeah, he had Parkinson's for around seven years. Wow. Yeah, so he was bedridden for about seven years, yeah. So it was, it was a long kind of drawn out process. Mm. Yeah. That's... Yeah, my own father had Parkinson's, so yeah. I understand that it's a yeah. tough one. Definitely, yeah. Um, the last year or so, it kind of really got to this stage where I think he had, it, not that he'd given up, but he had dementia and stuff as well too, which probably was a good thing because mm. I don't think he was fully aware of his whole circumstance. So it was like... It's harder for him, harder for you. It was, yeah, mm -hmm. 100%. But I think, like, as a family, we were kind of at that point where we wanted him to, like, kind of get himself out of his own suffering because yeah. that's not who he was, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and being in that situation for, like, seven years was right. not only uh, debilitating for all of us to watch, like, 100%. Mm -hmm. well, that's it. So you've uh, FF Fitness, what then? FF Fitness is at a point then where... It's fantastic. I was able to like bring on trainers, mm. um, train people up, mm -hmm. and get myself to a point where I was actually removing myself from the coaching role. True. So just kind of looking after the business, mm. um, which gave me bandwidth to look again at <laughs> other things. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and what then? So you're looking at coaching. You're looking at all sorts. Yeah, um, I was looking at looking at way. I had an idea. I actually went to. A, it was an event in Newcastle with a guy called Paul Mort. Um, and it was kind of a mindset event. Mm -hmm. And I had an idea and I scribbled it down, like uh, an accountability group and this, that, and the other. And it could be kind of online and coaching and stuff like that. Um, and then myself and Noel, my business partner, we had come up with an idea that we were going to do like a few years ago and we didn't kind of do it. Um, and then it actually said to Noel again then last year, look, I think we should meet up and get a coffee. I've got an idea and I think that we should do this. Mm -hmm. um, I think it would be something that both of us would really enjoy and benefit from, plus other people would too, which was Elevate, mm -hmm. um, like creating a coaching environment for personal trainers. So last year we kind of put their, our heads together and said, right, we'll go with it. Um, and just kind of started from there. So who's your avatar at that time? Who are you? Our avatar at that time, we were looking at personal trainers who had kind of gotten qualified but had never really bridged the gap between qualifications and actually creating a career. Right, okay. So like 90% of personal trainers don't make it past 24 months right, right. in a career and personal training, and it is a, <clears throat> it's a fast churnout rate. Mm. Um, a lot of times because it's burnout. Mm. Like It's just that simple. Um, so we were looking at personal trainers coming into the industry, who were looking to kind of bridge that gap and create a career for themselves. It kind of changed because 
at the start, like our first client was a guy from Belfast, Pierce, um, and he was, again, he was like burning out, but he was pretty successful. Mm-hmm. He had a lot of clients and a lot of work, but he was just burning out again, and he had already had a stunt out of the industry. So we came along and, and kind of had a coaching process with him, changed the model around, showed him a different way, showed him how he could do things, and he just took off. Like he mm-hmm. was starting to change things fast, and then I think within six months he opened up his own place. And now he's got two coaches working for him as well too. So Pierce was just kind of one of those guys that he told him to do something and he just, boom, did it. And he made massive changes straight away. And the results that we got from him was like, right, fantastic. Mm-hmm. This is this is really, really good. Um, so we could do this with somebody else and we could do it with somebody else. And it just kind of snowballed from there. Is that, I mean, are you leaning on your own experiences or is it, yeah. is it coming from outside? Yeah, no, I'm leaning from like what I'd used and mm. like Noel as well too and his experience in the fitness industry. Leaning on that and going, well, look, I was that person as well too. I was burning mm. out. Um, I tried all these different things. It's sort of even because, you know, you were saying there, because obviously being let go from the, the pro gym as well, you know, it's sort of yeah. that, that sort of cycle that you come in, you, you know, you're keen and then you, you, you get spat back out again and that's your yeah. you're holding on for dear life. Yeah, that's it. Um yeah, so it was kinda like taking my experiences, taking my time in the industry and mm. coaching these guys to say that look, you can do it a different way. Like you don't have to be like working ten hours every single day and have to be getting up at five o'clock in the morning and working the nine o'clock at night and mm. you no know, like dying to get a Sunday off. There's different methods like sure. But um at the start, we hadn't a clue kind of what we were doing. We just had an idea, mm-hmm. but we didn't have any real structure in place in terms of the actual business. Sure. We knew how to coach people. We knew that we would be able to get people results, but we didn't really know the format. Yeah. Um, and we just started taking on clients. I think as most entrepreneurs do, it's like, we have an idea, we'll just run it, and let's start taking people on straight away, <laughs> and then figure it out as we go. Sure. And that's kind of what we did. Um, and then it's grown into something that's much bigger now. Like. Mm. And it's still growing, it's still in something to say, really. So, let's bring us up to today. So, where, what, what is your suite of offerings today? Or what's your... Um, today, I basically, with Elevate, we coach gym owners, personal trainers, small business owners. It's not just personal trainers and gym owners that mm-hmm. are on our system. There's relationship counselors, there's cleaning companies, there's loads of different people that are in there that are looking to improve their marketing, their sales, and get coached. Like, I think a lot of people that are involved in business just need a coach sometimes. They need somebody to turn to. They need somebody that makes them accountable. They do X, Y, and Z. Yeah. Um, so we've created a, a really, really good business at Elvit now where we've got a, a lot of different clients that are coming on from all different areas, all over the UK and Ireland. And um, the results that we're getting with people are fantastic. Mm. And it's just, it's grown into something much bigger than we kind of seen it last sure. year. So... About six months ago, we kind of went all in. Um, we said, because we were so heavily involved in our gyms and like other things that we had going, and then we had Elevate as well too. So mm. we said, well, look, let's go all in on Elevate and create this and a really good, strong company, a really good, strong business. Mm. And we did that, and it's just snowballed, and it's grown from there. Well, is FF Fitness still around? Yeah, 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 yeah so. it's still going, yeah. You tend to do much there? Are you really it's kind of under control now. Yeah. I, I do a lot of the work just in terms of the team and then the marketing aspect, but there's full-time trainers in there, there's a manager in there. Brilliant. Um, so now the gym's still going pretty strong. That's a lot of um, it's a lot of energy and it's a lot of yeah. forward thinking. 
Yeah, definitely. It's definitely a lot of energy. Yeah, hundred percent. It took a, it took a lot of energy to get it even to that point, I suppose. I mean, just sort of flashing back. I mean, considering school was almost a, a nuisance. Yeah. You know, to to do that and and to succeed in that way is is a massive turn. I mean, mm. it's a, you know. Yeah. You know, it's um, which is great. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, that's why I kind of like when I'm talking, like when I'm coaching people on, on mindset and. Uh, my big drive, I suppose, like aside from Elevate, which is a lot of mindset work. You no, know, mm-hmm. I want to show people that just because it maybe didn't start out right, or maybe because you didn't get certain qualifications, mm-hmm. or that you don't deem yourself to be successful because you didn't do that, it doesn't matter. Like, mm-hmm. like you can create whatever it is that you really want to create if you have a drive, if you have a bit of passion, like if you have like a goal or something that's going to give you that momentum every single day mm. that you can create that like is that um that's a fire in a belly 100 percent you i mean is that almost a source of energy for you sort of yeah 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 like whenever times were hard or times weren't going the way i wanted it to go mm. again like connecting like to that connecting to that why like connecting to why i actually started like i always remember even like when i was personal training and things were going um not plain sailing let's say and you were heading down the road at quarter past five in the morning and i remember like seeing people stand at the side of the road getting picked up to go and work on a site and automatically i'd feel gratitude which is like look at the changes that i've made like look at all right maybe you're going to complain now you're going to go on the 12-hour shift or whatever it may be in the gym mm-hmm. but that's where i was not so long ago standing at the side of the road wouldn't they get picked up to do something that I just didn't want to do yeah so like I think sometimes you can check back in on those we touch points when you are getting it tight or when things aren't going plain sailing mm. it's to give yourself sometimes to give yourself a pat on the back to say well look you've made massive changes right okay maybe the day is not exactly how you want it to go mm. or this month hasn't been exactly how you want it to be but would you trade it for where you were of course you wouldn't mm. so you need to look back at what is happening right now and how you can change that to have something better again in the future so what's what's your why today then? Um, the why today is it's changed. It's changed. I'd say it's still it's still personal. It's still family. It's still goals. It's still experience. It's still like having a bi- bigger impact. Um, being able to experience life, I think, in, on your own terms, mm. which is like being creative, doing something that you really want to do, having an impact on other people's lives, having an impact on other people's businesses. Um, helping them create change for themselves. Mm. Those types of things, I think, mean the most. I think yeah. sometimes when you get involved in business and you're so concentrated on numbers and, and things like that, I think that sometimes when you do that, you kind of feel out of sync. Mm. I know I do anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, or if you focused on impact, if you focused on like what you're actually doing for other people, sure. you feel more in flow, you feel more in alignment. So still have my personal wise, wise, still have my personal goals, still sure. like still striving, still want to achieve X, Y, and Z, mm-hmm. <clears throat> but um, in a much better place than I was for sure. Mm. So we obviously, and, and even before this, we were talking mindset. I mean, yeah. when did that sort of start coming to the fore for you? As I say, like a first introduction was probably a secret. Mm-hmm. That was probably the first thing. Mm-hmm. And then from there, just looking at different books and things that I could do to 
change the way I thought, no, to change um, my psychology around because I wanted to achieve. Sure. You know, I always wanted to be striving to move forward. And I thought that my mindset was something that was crucial. Mm-hmm. That was probably going to be the biggest part in, in everything. So that was a lot of the books that I picked up. I think like one of the first big books I picked up was um, The Magic of Thinking Big by okay. Dr. Schwartz. Mm-hmm. And I've reread that book, I don't know, many times. It's brilliant. And I'll still go back to those books. Um, another one was How to Get From Where You Are to Where You Want to Be, Jack Canfield, which is a fantastic book as well too. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I find that when I go back and read these books now, have a kind of better understanding of them just mm. through like years of study and more awareness. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, who, I suppose I'm curious to know how how that all comes about. I mean, is that is that you driven, or is that the the environment that you're in and the people you're surrounding yourself in that are um, influencing that for you? I think it's me driven because mm. I was never really in that environment. Mm. To be honest, I think that I've placed myself in the, in those environments. You know, if it wasn't an environment that I had. Socially, um, I place myself in those environments through books and, mm. and through studying and um, by searching, they try and get into those types of environments so that I could grow. But what was driving you though? What? Again, I, I can't put <laughs> I can't put my actual finger mm. on it exactly. I think it's just I think it's innate in all of us. Mm. They want to grow. I think when you're like, we're here to grow. We're here to learn. We're here to experience. Um, and I feel that if you're not doing that. What, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Like that famous quote by Tony Robbins, if you're not growing, you're dying. Mm. I want to keep progressing. I want to keep moving forward. I want to keep expanding my knowledge. I want to keep expanding and growing throughout life. I don't want to get to a point where I feel that, right, okay, this is it. Because it never ever is. Mm. Because if you're not moving forward and you're going back, you're not staying still. It is kind of ironic. Given yeah. your, your upbringing, yeah, and, and you, you know, you sort of younger years, knowing what you know now, I mean, your fifteen year old self, what would you be? What would you be saying? Um, they have more, I suppose, looking at things from a, a different perspective. Like they look at goals, they have more confidence, self belief, that they trust in yourself. Basically, they have that. Um, they have that bigger picture. Mm. that you can do whatever it is that you want to do like you can do like literally anything that you really really want to do if you put the time the work the dedication mm. mm-hmm. and the processes in place to help you do that um that you can create whatever it is that you want to create it took me a long time to figure that out sure. and i'm still creating i'm not where i want to be mm. um but i'm on a much better trajectory for sure i mean what would have made your 15 year old self listen probably not <laughs> I don't know, to be honest. Mm. Um, maybe somebody that had proven by results mm. at that time, like somebody that I'd seen or respected or like had created that type of respect or results mm. and that I deemed to be successful. To me, I don't know what successful was at that time. It just wasn't that type of environment mm. like um, where I was. So mm-hmm. if somebody had a proven by results and, and shown me like this is what you can do and you'll get here, Mm-hmm. then I would have listened and probably implemented it. I mean, in, and in terms of who or, you know, is there anyone in your life that stands out as influential people? You know, people that have just game changers? I've had a lot of, like, I've had a lot of mentors mm-hmm. um, who weren't mentors, I suppose. Like, I didn't hire them to be mentors, but mm-hmm. there's people, like, when I was a personal trainer, there was people that I looked up to and kind of admired within the industry and, and things like that mm. and kind of looked at those people and how they performed and how they acted and went about their business um, 
and kind of modeled that. Yeah. Um, I've had some coaches that have helped me in, in mindset and helped me change things around. But to be honest, like I can't say that anybody really stands out. Like mm. nobody that has come along and was like a massive game changer mm. that I could say that ah, was this person that did X, Y, and Z. It's just been, a, I think it's just a collection of everybody, really. Mm. Like, you no, know, as you kind of pass through life. Um, but somebody that's really changed it in a massive way, like one individual, I, I don't know, to be honest. Mm. Probably doing everybody else at this service. No, by picking somebody else, by picking one person out. No, it's, and it, it is, you know, it's interesting, I suppose, because uh, your events are very much almost self led. Yeah. If that makes sense. You know, yeah. I'm trying to, I was, I was just trying to process in my own mind is like, is that. Is that you driving you, or is that you know other individuals? So yeah, um, I think obviously you, my wife. You know what I mean? When that like a partner comes along and like you want to create something better, like that's a driving force as well mm. too. And then when your children comes along, it's a massive driving force. But I, I can't, I can't put my finger on say ah, it was this person exactly. Mm -hmm. No, it's just kind of been an unfolding nearly, yeah. where you're kind of leading from one like situation to another and kind of fumbling your way along and, and trying to learn the whole process. So what, I mean, stage you're at now, so it, it sounds like you're, and we've had the conversation beforehand, but it's mindset is is obviously something that's pretty pretty strong. Yeah, mindset for me at the minute is something that I feel kind of really passionate about. Mm. Um, it's something that I feel that I can just talk about naturally mm -hmm. without like having the second guess or think or it's just something that I feel passionate about. Like we've talked about before, what, like what's your superpower and things like that. And yeah. Somebody said if you can talk for like 20 minutes, 30 minutes off the bat about something, then that is like what you should be doing. And what, for me, it's just kind of that. My superpower, I suppose, I think is, it is like energy. It is having that type of impact mm -hmm. on people. It is being able to steer people in the right direction mm -hmm. um, through mindset, I feel. Like through like understanding certain principles that anyone can apply and change, mm. um, teaching people to get from like a shitty situation to a better one. Sure. And do you see yourself as a leader? Do you, do you see yourself? Um, improving on that, <laughs> how I see myself, always improving on that self-image. Sure. Um, but I do, yeah. I've never been, I don't think I've ever been like a follower. Mm -hmm. I've always kind of tried to be someone that does their, their own thing. Of course, we all learn from everybody, yeah. do you know what I mean? But um, I've always kind of been like looking to create my own path, let's say. What does success mean to you then today? Success to me means being happy, being content, mm. having an impact, um, doing something that I, I really enjoy, sure. doing something that I love, mm -hmm. um, and seeing other people being rewarded for it. True. So that would be success. And in terms of self-criticism or anything like that, I mean, how do you do you motivate yourself or talk to yourself? I mean, I'm always talking to myself. <laughs> <laughs> um, talking to myself constantly in terms of affirmations. Mm -hmm. um, I'm a big believer in the power of affirmations and how you actually speak to yourself, how you speak to your your subconscious mm -hmm. mind. Um, that has a massive influence in terms of how you're feeling. How you're thinking and how you're performing. Um, so I'm always talking to myself. I'm always like sticking to the plan, having my goals, and um, gearing myself forward. Like when the times that I do hit a slump, or that I'm tired, or 
times that ugh, I don't know, I just wouldn't be bothered today. Mm. Again, I'll, I'll give myself a kick. I'll mm -hmm. go and train or I'll get myself out of that environment. I'll change my state basically and I'll go and train and I'll do something different and then I kind of feel focused again. Mm. Where, do, where do you pull from on that? Um, for me, when I, like the first times that I feel that way, it's just again, well, am I moving forward or am I not? Mm. Am I moving, like, are these actions moving me towards where I should be going or are they not? And have I had the goals that mm. I want to hit? No. So again, it's like, right, well, let's check back in again and do something different. So what are your... Not to say that you're <laughs> robotic and everybody's just on the go all the time, mm. of course mm -hmm. not. But I'm always like really, really kind of aware of where I'm at and like what I want to achieve and I'm, I'm just not there yet. Not even to be self-aware is quite developed. Yeah. In some ways, you know, is that, is that just come about through this process or? I think it comes about through initiation. Mm -hmm. It comes about through study as well too, I'd say. Mm. But I've always been pretty intuitive. I've always had like good initiation. I have a good, f I'm good at picking up things mm -hmm. pretty fast. If I'm in the right direction or not, um, I can feel it. And a lot of times I'll let that feeling kind of gave me more than more than anything else really so if it feels good I'll go, I'll go with it mm -hmm. if it doesn't then I kind of feel like I'm pushing against something instead of going with the flow mm -hmm. I think I probably know the answer to this question but do you like yourself? yeah mm. yeah that's good mm. well, it's, it's strange and I, I find through this process <laughs> this, it's surprising that number of people say they don't yeah don't get me wrong it's been a process too mm. um, to get to that point to be able to turn around and say that you do love yourself. Mm. It's not something that we do. It's not something that you grew up hearing. It's not something that is, I suppose, in the male psyche mm. <laughs> to say those things. But I think you do have to get that position. Like you do have to get that point. Because if you're ever to enjoy anything, then you have to be okay with yourself. No, it's, it's, it's very, uh, very wise, wise thinking. So do we get a glimpse of what's what's coming up for you? Do we know? What's coming up next is we are going to Nashville again now in, in November. Um, myself and Noel with Elevate, we're going over to our mentors and coaches in the States, mm. spend a week there. Um, at the end of this this Saturday, I'm speaking at the City Hotel in Derry, um, doing a mindset mastery with Cleon O'Hara. Um, then we're going to Nashville, um, at the end of November, middle of November, I'm speaking in Belfast at the Ten Square Hotel for the Think Self Belief mm -hmm. um, with Gary Doherty. Mm -hmm. um, and then at the end of November, I'm speaking at the Everglades Hotel um, on a panel, <laughs> funny enough to do with um, makeup artists, but I'm going to be there speaking of mindset and business. <laughs> <laughs> Only male on the panel, by the way. I've been asked to do it, and um, I know the people that are doing it and holding it, and they're... Um, I respect them really, really well in terms of what they're doing, which is mm. fantastic. Um, so I'm looking forward to it. Mm. There's been a lot of, a lot of good things happening. That's amazing. So, I mean, keeping your energy up and keeping the drive going, it's obviously something that's fairly big for you. Yeah, 100%. Like looking after myself and mm. nutrition and um, sleep and how I'm performing. I'm really kind of aware of a lot of that stuff, which is like... Mm. If I don't get a proper night's sleep or if I'm not really eating well, if I don't train, like I can see how it affects how I'm thinking right. and how I'm feeling and how I'm showing up. So I always like to make sure I have that in place where I am 
exercising every day, doing something every day. Your, your daily habits are your yeah. exercises. A yeah, that's a habit that's ingrained. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What else do you tend to do? Um, I do a lot of mindset work. So mm-hmm. I'll have my routine every single morning where I'll do my goals and my affirmations, um, meditation. I do that as well too. I'll do those things every single day. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'll do them at night. So every single night, again, I'll, I'll go through affirmations, I'll go through my goals. Yeah. And what I do is uh, I actually listen to my affirmations. So I'll put them on before I go to sleep and I'll let that play when I'm going to sleep. So that's the last thing I'm I'm thinking about, and so it's the first thing that I'm doing. You record your own affirmations. And I've recorded my own, yeah. yeah. So I'll, I'll record like my goal statement, mm-hmm. and record my affirmations, um, and then I listen to those every single night before I go to sleep. Yeah. So it's the last thing that I'm listening to, and it's the first thing that I'm doing every single morning, which just gets me in a better state of mind. Sure. Again, when you're going out to your work and doing what you're doing, when you're focusing on why you're doing it, it mm-hmm. makes more sense. Mm-hmm. How does your wife take all this? What's, <laughs> what's her level of? Uh, she's she's on board with it. Mm-hmm. She's not really active in doing it, <laughs> let's say. But um, she's on board. Like to be fair, my wife just lets me kind of mm. do whatever it is. She's been like so supportive. Mm-hmm. Like anything that I've tried to do throughout the years, anything that I've dabbled my hand at, anything that I've wanted to do, like she's never ever said a negative thing about it. Mm. She's just like go with the flow. Mm-hmm. And that's been massive, like because there's times that I'm jumping on a plane to go here to a course or I'm going there to a course, and you know, there's never a negative word about it. Like, and yeah. having that support is fantastic because that's it's you actually getting to express yourself properly and, and to try and grow, mm-hmm. where not a lot of times that happens in, in relationships and it gets stifled and you don't get to grow. Mm-hmm. So, having that support from, from Emma is like massive, mm-hmm. it's massive. And um, you've kids, kids. Yeah, three. Uh, stepson, Shay, and then I've got a daughter, Rua, and then a son, Charlie. What ages? Shay is 22, mm-hmm. and Rua's 10, Charlie's 7. Well, yeah. good spread. Yeah, definitely. And in terms of what you've learned, I mean, is that something you can bring into that? I'm trying. <laughs> I'm trying. Shay is at an age where he's implementing a lot of stuff now. He's starting to read books like mm-hmm. that I'm giving him for the first time. And he's starting to change a wee things and I can start to see him changing. He's setting his own goals and like he's pretty motivated as well too. Yeah. Um, Rua is, again, like Rua's done a lot of things. Like i trying to get her to like um, broker a deal with me, which is I'll pay £5 a week, your pocket money, if you read X, Y and Z. And she's not signed the deal yet, <laughs> but she's learning. Like she's got the, she's got a couple of wee books that she'll read at night. She's got, um, she's reading the Air Nightingale book, Lead the Field. So what? I'll give her, the, I'll give her that book, and she tries to mm-hmm. read that, and I'll question her on it and see what she's learning. Um, she's also got the, oh, I can't remember the name, but um, giving her wee books and giving her wee things to try and mm. pick up on and read, and I get her to do her affirmations and stuff every single night. Charlie's kind of in the Xbox phase. He's not interested at all. <laughs> he's just glued to Fortnite. Mm-hmm. That's all he's interested in. Um, but Rue's at that stage yeah. where she's able to try to process. Ten? She's 10. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's able to process things. She does her affirmations and um, just wee things, man. No, it's just mm-hmm. wee things that like I think will make a massive difference sure. to how they're feeling. Um, their own self-confidence when they're growing up through their teenage years. And like what that's going to do for them like when they're older is mm-hmm. massive mm-hmm. 
So if I can get a couple of wee things on board, if I can get them to do a couple of wee things, which is going to have a different effect in terms of how they're thinking and feeling about themselves, sure. then that's it's a job well done, I think. So in terms of book recommendations, goal recommendations, or someone listening to this and obviously motivated by your journey and your story. Yeah. And that's, to me, that was the point to find in the belly is very much that people who have taken, you know, that they are living their best life. Yeah. You know, what what would you say to someone in terms of, well, you know, that was starting out or where, where would you start? What would you do? In terms of starting out, like books, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got a house full of books. <laughs> I really do. Like, um, for me, like the magic, uh, the magic of thinking big, Right. was something that I could read, understand, and tick from, mm-hmm. like, and actually implement, like creating different wee Who's strategies. The Who's the author? Um, Dr. Schwartz. Okay. Yeah. So I was able to take that book and kind of dissect it and understand it. There's nothing in there that's too um, kind of yeah. like hard to understand. So mm-hmm. that, Jack Canfield's book as well too, How to Get From Where You Are to Where You Want to Be. Mm-hmm. Um, I like... Uh, the Science of Getting Rich mm-hmm. by Wallace D. Wattles, mm-hmm. Think and Grow Rich, I suppose mm-hmm. everybody's read by Napoleon Hill. Um, reading at the minute, Working with the Law by Robert, is it Hollier? Yeah. Um, the Power of Your Subconscious Mind by Dr. Joseph Murphy. Loads of books, man. I just mm. uh, I read and listen to the audiobooks constantly. Um, Profit First is actually a really good book. It's more kind of business oriented, not mindset. Mm-hmm. Um, just depends. Eat That Frog by Brian Tracy. Mm-hmm. It's another really, really good book. Um, easy to listen to or you can read it as well. Sure. Yeah. But yeah, I think just like looking at where you are and if you are in that position where it's not working out or you're not kind of moving forward or you're not where you want to be, then sometimes you do have to check back in on yourself and assess, right, well, like, are, is my habits carrying me towards where I want to go or are they keeping me stuck? Are they bring me back constantly mm-hmm. and maybe trying to search that way mm-hmm. what is it that you really want to do mm-hmm. like what is it that you really really want um, most people don't do that most people don't set goals most mm-hmm. people don't set goals to begin with because of limiting beliefs because they don't feel they can achieve them it's not because they don't have goals it's because they've got too many limiting beliefs that stop them from actually setting them because they don't believe in themselves enough so looking at beliefs and looking at well like are these beliefs holding me back for a specific reason? Like, do yeah. I really, really need to believe in them? Yeah. Like, are they validated? Mm-hmm. Possibly not. So I think that everybody has a goal. Like, if you were to say to someone, like, here it is, mm-hmm. you can have it, what would it be? But most people won't go out and actually set them because of too many limiting beliefs that stop them. So by reading books, by reading different types of information, things that are more motivational, getting yourself out of negative environments and getting yourself into more positive environments, it's going to start to change your psychology. It's going to start to change how you think and feel. And it'll start to create different paths for you. Mm. And I think that's what happened for me. So far in the valley, is it something you're born with or something? What do you think? Um, I think you can inherit it, okay. for sure. I think it, you can be born with it. Mm-hmm. But I think that certain circumstances can create it. Okay. And is it something that stays with you or is it what yeah, do you see? I think so. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, it is anyway, mm-hmm. 100%. I think that not for everybody. Mm-hmm. People do get to a certain point and they're happy and they're content and that's fantastic. Do that. If that's what really makes you happy, brilliant. Mm-hmm. Like, at the end of the day, it's everybody else's own experience. True. Um, it's everybody's journey. If you're at a point where you're happy and content with life, brilliant. 
rock on. If you're not, then again, like checking back in and going, well, what do I need to do to change it? How can I move forward? Mm. Makes sense. Yeah. For leisure and pleasure, what, where would we find you? Uh, Facebook, Instagram, yeah. Well, just on Facebook, um, get me on Instagram or like Business Elevate as well too is on Facebook and mm-hmm. on Instagram. Yeah. Well, Website. The whole works. Yeah. Well, thank you. Listen, that's been very inspirational. Thank you for your time. Yeah, and, thank you. Uh, it was uh, great coming on, having a chat. Yeah, that's it. And uh, I look forward to hearing your, your journey going forward and yeah. all the other exciting things coming up. So, Super. Yeah. Thank you very Cheers. much. Thanks, Pete. Well, that was another great episode of Fire in the Belly. You know, this really wouldn't be possible without our great guests taking the time to share their personal journeys. And boy, oh boy, sometimes it is personal. It's an absolute pleasure to have that and then to hear the journeys that people have been on. We've loads more episodes coming up soon. And it's always a pleasure to have guests on. If you do happen to know anyone with true fire in their belly, please reach out to us so we can share their journey, lessons and successes. So all that's left to say is have a great day, live with fire in your belly and be the mightiest version of you.